0: Hey guys, magandang umaga, hapon, and gabi, Whenever you're listening to, um, for my non-Filipino listeners out there, that means good morning, afternoon, and evening, depending on what time you're listening this episode. At, my name is Chachi. I am the host for reclaiming Filipino identity, and for this podcast, I have invited Christine with me here today, and. Before we kind of dive into her interview, I wanted to share a paragraph that she wrote prior to this interview, and I thought it would be great highlighting. And so, quotation, I grew up with fair skin, a small nose, and some East Asian features. I never needed to feel the need to use whitening soap because I didn't see the point in it. Throughout elementary, my friends always asked if I always used whitening soap. And after responding with no, they were always in utter surprise. It confused me back then, but as I watched CFC with my parents, I noticed that almost all the actors had nearly the same features as I did. Fair skin, small nose, but instead of East Asian feature, it was pure subject. I always took pride in not looking Filipino enough because it made me embrace my Chinese features. As I came from a Filipino family with a Chinese ancestry, instead it made me another victim of post-colonialism. Being told you don't look Filipino is a far from a compliment and it made me forget of the rich culture my ancestor came from, what they fought for, so I wouldn't forget my roots. But instead, I buried my roots too deep to where it was too late to reclaim them. Thus, it created me to have a mentality that I can't get tan without being conscious that I got a shade darker, even though I catch myself always catching a quick sunburn instead. Yet millions of Moranics, Philippinex Americans go through this every day, they too are in a toxic mindset that white is bright and constantly pinch their nose to make it more poignant, where instead of trying to look like our colonizers, we should embrace our features as Filipinx and not concealed. The Filipinx xenophilia we put upon ourselves to the effects of post-colonialism should be put to an end. The mentality we have of being white is considered beauty, and having a less prominent nose is on the bottom of the beauty of the beauty standard that brings a negative standing in the Filipino hierarchy. My whole life, I thought that it was bad to look Filipino. I constantly felt happy that I didn't look Filipino enough, but that is a huge side effect of xenophobia and Filipino toxicity. Of other Filipinx are also considered to be passing. As a result, it took me long enough to realize I pushed away the culture I grew up with, and the culture that has been a part of my family from generation to generation. The media movement of hashtag Magandang Morex has moved me in the joys of upbringing of Filipinx morenas who are empowered by the color of their skin, and that is how we all should see it. Filipinx comes in all different colors, beauty, sizes. Yet it took me so long to push away that colonialism mentality and remember the rich culture my heritage comes from. Reclaiming my Filipinx identity means not running away from a culture that was passed down from those before me. And, and quotation, and I just wanted to end it there because I feel like that is enough to showcase who am I interviewing and why. I chose to highlight her in today's episode because she is someone that truly has a story to tell. And with every single thing that uh, I listened to and reading her paragraph and her narrative, I felt like it was time to share her story. So, without further ado, I welcome you to the podcast, Christine. hi could you tell us a little bit about yourself and who is christine to the audience
1: okay um i'm christine um i'm a third year um public health major at manoa and i am also a cna and some of my hobbies i like to do is i like to work out on my free time and i'm always um doing something and I love coffee, and I'm very fueled by coffee. Same.
0: <laughs> Who doesn't love coffee?
1: I know. It's so good and so essential for being a college student, honestly.
0: Definitely. But um, going on... Yeah. Um, so my upbringing,
1: like, growing up as a Filipino-American or just as a Filipino in general, I feel like, a lot of it was to do good in school and but the main one that i always remembered was growing up with the skin with my skin tone and for some people growing up um my classmates always told me that my skin was really fair or like light-skinned but i always didn't see that and in my family i was always like a little darker than my sister and it was a weird upbringing because I never knew if my skin tone was light or dark and why it mattered so much and I did it was because like of how our culture is valued with light and dark skin tones and where it's placed it was also like I was always self-conscious about my nose and that was like that was like the biggest upbringing because I didn't like my nose growing up I always wanted like a pointed nose that we see on television and always wanted to have the blue hair and blonde eyes but at the same time I also knew that my skin was really fair and I did look a little bit more on the um a little different from some of my classmates or whenever someone asked me if I used white sitting soap and then I would be like No, like back then, I would be like, no. And they would always be really shocked for some reason. But growing up, a really big upbringing was my skin tone and going out in the sun because there was a time in senior year of high school where it was like, I think that was like the most tan I've ever gotten. And I don't know, if I don't remember if I was self-conscious or not, or if I thought about any of it, but I know that when I do get when I did get darker at the time, that I would be a little self-conscious and think, do I look more Filipino when I'm darker? Or then when I go, it's wintertime, do I look less Filipino? Which one is which? Which one looks better? But at the same time, I have to remember that, like, at the end of the day, I am Filipino, and it's something to look Filipino or not to look Filipino enough is, like, something that I had a hard time growing up with.
0: I honestly, um, something that you said that really stands out and even from reading your narrative is you, the effects of colorism has, um, affected, um, you as much, especially because you said, um, you had, you had, um, those um, East Asian features that you always thought that you needed to be a certain way and you didn't belong or you didn't look like Filipino enough?
1: Yeah, I always felt like people always told me I never looked Filipino enough or a Filipino at all. And I it's still an upbringing that I have now because um, in my working place, I'm always being asked if what my ethnicity is and um every time i say i'm filipino they're like oh i wouldn't have thought that or you don't look filipino you look blah 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 and it's still a really big upbringing that i had since i was really young and it's something that i've always wondered if do i look filipino enough or do i look filipino at all Because what we don't know is that Filipinos, what people don't know is, and what's such a beautiful thing about Filipino culture is that we come in, because we're so diverse, we look so diverse. And because we come from so much colonial times and different groups and variations of colonization, that a lot of us come in different shapes and sizes and we looked very diverse that you cannot pinpoint someone that looks Filipino or not because if they are Filipino, they are Filipino and that's their culture. And I think that people don't realize that um, Filipinos don't just look like the typical Filipinos we think of, that there's different types of Filipinos that look all different because we're so diverse in our cultures and there's a lot of different diversities in Filipino culture than just the standard Filipino culture we think of.
0: To you just to go off of it, um before what did you think of Filipino Lolo? Tan
1: skin and straight hair, what is what like a lot of us grew up with. Um a little like on the a button nose on the flatter side And I know that a nose bridge was a lot of um was, is really big in our culture. And I know that a lot of us kind of conscious about our nose bridges because a lot of our nose, some of our nose bridges, are flatter or either are a lot more pointed than others. And and really pretty round, big eyes with nice double eyelids, full lips, and like rounder faces, is how I think. um, the typical filipinos look like
0: i feel like um even if even even um besides you i feel like others would see that way too like when we think of who who are filipinos what do they look like the first thing we see is like it, the thing you just described most of the times like when we don't really um de- look deep enough um or look deep enough within what does it mean to be filipino it's like more than just how we are we look like physically but it's like eternally it's our characters yeah and
1: it's weird too because um we just we don't always look like that and there's like it's so diverse and we can't really pinpoint what someone's um, ethnicity is without asking them
0: and I, I brought up this kind of like i guess topic is because like it's something that a lot of us filipino struggle with which is the physical appearance type
1: yeah like listening to a lot of the podcasts that um you have posted we all struggle with the physical aspect of what a filipino looks like versus what we want to look like because of the filipino media and i know that personally that's how i feel too because whenever i see Catherine bernardo and how she used to be so tan and then um She she's not as tan, and one of the people that I really do sometimes wish that I looked like, even though I shouldn't wish to look like, is Liza Sobrano because she has a lot of the features that Filipinos in general in our community want to have, and she has that, and it is very unrealistic to have, but it's also ideal in our culture as well.
0: I guess I guess that's kind of portrays so much is like the media plays a big role in how we kind of see ourselves and how we kind of identify ourselves so to transition from from that is and I guess you kind of mentioned it already is uh, have you struggled with embracing your personal identity
1: um in a way I have with like my personal identity as being Filipino or like within my culture
0: like in in what way because i know you mentioned the the colorism part um your your physical aspects but is there anything else that
1: i think oh yeah um i think it was also a lot of things that i struggled with growing up within myself and also in like growing up filipino was also my mental health Because we have older generations and we're raised by older generations, usually anxiety and like anything with mental health is not very talked about in Filipino communities. And I think that it's so important to talk about mental health and anxiety because I know that it's so common, but it's also looked down upon. I know that therapy growing up was something that wasn't in the picture until we realized that like anxiety for me was a really big problem. And I think in the beginning, because my parents were so traditional about mental health and stuff like that, um, culturally upbringing, Filipinos are primarily Catholic and Christian. And it was basically like pray to God and just think positive thoughts. But I told them like, it's not like that. And it's definitely not like that it's we treat mental health as a physical illness and I don't think that they understood that at first until it took a while until I started getting closer with my parents and they realized that like anxiety is something that you can't just get rid of and cure yourself with. It's a long process and something that um I struggled with was in embracing my anxiety was like the mental I mean embracing my identity was the mental health aspects besides the colorism and stuff it was the traditional mindset that we have of um that filipino americans have or filipinos in general have is that the um the cease to talk about mental health and stuff like that
0: right and like it's i guess it's really hard because even even with like many other parents out there um especially traditional ones um and even some modern filipino household mental health Mm -hmm. is like something that it takes time to explain to someone especially when their parents prior that they didn't really allow them to feel what they need to feel it's just like oh you have to work that's how you get rid of it like you have to continue um exercising or just just trying to avoid that pain not more yeah.
1: yeah and i feel like we can't really blame well we can't really blame them for how their thinking is because for them that's how that's that was their medicine and they for them is like we work so hard to give to bring our kids to work here and to give our kids a comfortable life That why are they feeling this way? Because that's how we're feeling. And I think that that was a really big issue growing up as well.
0: And with that, um, I guess with that saying, and how close are you with your relationship with your parents now from before?
1: Oh my god, me and my parents are best friends. (laughs) Like I have such a great relationship with my parents, and I love my mom so much. Um, I know that it's like very weird to say that because I know that a lot of Filipino Americans and Asians are known to not say, I love you to your parents, but I say, I love you to my parents all the time. I'm always talking story with my mom, and it got better during my junior year of high school when we started actually opening up more. And I also got older as well. So she she felt more comfortable telling me stuff that she couldn't tell me to, like when I was younger compared to when I was younger, like around 10 to 14 years old was when I had a very distant relationship with my mom and I was closer with my dad. But I feel like I'm equally really close to both of my parents, especially my mom. I always talk to my mom about work or school or Especially in my anxiety and my ADHD, I'm so open to talking to my mom about that. And I'm very fortunate to have a really stable and healthy relationship with my parents.
0: And I think that's really nice to hear. And honestly, um, because it's it's hearing stories like this, like you don't really hear it as much because a lot of people would say, oh, I don't, I don't tell my parents anything or because like they grew up with that strict household they're like oh they like to keep it to themselves and like it's nice to hear that like like someone like you have like developed that close relationship even um growing up because that's i guess that's very crucial part within our um maintaining that relationship
1: yeah especially i feel like my mom was the tiger parent but she's a cool mom now (laughs) um it's because i feel like kind of I think it was a both compromisation for both both sides, including my side, to one me being me having to shape up a little bit and stop being so distant and hostile towards everyone and for her to kind of like not bring her um upcoming down. I mean her like the traditional Filipino ways and kind of ease in into how a little bit into the American way because, um, because she has a child growing up in America, and um, I think those two compromises were such a big aspect and big aspect and big process of why our relationship is so good now.
0: And like same thing, like what I asked: Do you have a strong relationship with your parents? Do you have a strong relationship with your sister?
1: No. I don't think so. I think that it was my sister and I just have very different personalities. When I think about it now, I don't think that my sister and I were raised any different than each other. Our parents both treated us the same. It was just I think that my sister was a lot more studious in her studies and more goal, goal-oriented than I was. Um I think that was like a really big barrier and I always felt like I had to live up to that and have the straight A's that she has and get into the nursing program the first time of application like she did and that was like a lot of pressure that I put into myself rather than it being put on me by other people. That's very interesting for you to say. (laughs) No. we, she, I love my sister, and we are very, we're both Leos, so we both have very dominant personalities, per se. So, we, I love my sister, and she is my number one role model in my life. Sorry, mom, I'm so sorry, mom. My sister is definitely my biggest role model, but also my biggest competitor, which I shouldn't ever be comparing. Competing with my sister, but it's also, I just want to live up to her, and our relationship is good. And it's like, it's we do argue a lot as siblings should, but it's a lot we do argue a lot. But I don't, but I know that my sister protects me when someone is like being mean to me up front in front of her, and because she's been doing that because of the tenure gap, she's been doing that like my whole life, whenever my friends who would like come over when I was younger and they were being mean to me, she would be mean back to them. And I know that if someone talked about my sister in that way, then I would do the same. So I don't know if it's strong or not, but it's protective. Definitely.
0: I think it's just like the older sister protecting the little sister type of relationship. and again i guess to transition more is for you especially and i i asked this multiple times um what does it mean for you to reclaim your own identity um
1: to reclaim my identity as a filipino is to not run away from a culture that was passed down from generations before me, and like I said, that like this is the culture I mainly I, I actually 100% identify with, even though like um, 23andMe says I'm not full, you know, I think I'm full, you know, it's so important to reclaim it because I already skipped out on, I already missed out on learning the language and being proud of it when I was younger. that I can't keep running away from a culture that my grandparents grew up with, and my parents grew up with, and they're trying that my future generate. Hopefully, one day, maybe I don't know, not yet. Future kids (laughs) to like to grow up with, especially because I know, like my boyfriend's Korean, like you know, like speaking into existence, they're not (laughs) gonna be full. They're gonna be half, you know, they're gonna be half Korean like um like in the i just want to pass down like a really strong culture that I, and from strong people because i believe that the reason why filipinos are so strong-willed is because of how much we fought and to reclaim that is to be a strong-willed person and a strong-headed person as well
0: we hear the words reclaiming my filipinx identity what does what is the first thing that comes to your head when you first was introduced to that phrase
1: reclaiming your Filipinist identity. I think mm-hmm. it's like to not be ashamed because I know a lot of my friends who were Filipi- who are Filipino and myself as well. We wish that we were not not Filipino, but like we wish that we were something more than that, and. I don't think that it's a level of shame, but I think it's a level of wanting more and a confusion in our identity because of how much we, there has been there different, the different ancestries that we have. Um, like there's different colonizations and ancestries that came into our culture that like Filipinos and um, Spanish, Malay, Chinese, Japanese, and we are confused because we don't know what group or what we are in general but i think to reclaim it is the culture before during and after um colonial times and to not be ashamed and not to run away from your philippinex identity because i our people have fought so hard to keep that alive that it's ceasing to exist because some people still do have a colonial mindset and they don't want to identify I think to reclaim it is so important because it's something that you don't want to erase because it's a part of you.
0: Right. And I, you're actually the first one that I asked this because, like, with everything happening, I just wanted to kind of ask another perspective about, like, the entire rec- reclaiming Filipino identity because a lot of people. Do agree that reclaiming is such a strong mm-hmm. word, and at the same time, to me, I feel like it's it's interpret it your own way, but at the same time, take a cut of how others can also like see it as yeah. well, and like how you just defined it is very um kind of powerful and I'm, yeah yeah,
1: um me and Alvin actually did talk about like before like all we heard about like this like podcast and everything else um. I think me and Alvin talk about reclaiming our Filipino identity a lot or like claiming it as something because we used to feel like running away from it. And I look at that, I look it back now and compare and Alvin is such a ma- Manila lenio now <laughs> compared to before, like homeboy is such a Tagalog male- Manila boy compared to when we were in high school and he was like, oh my God, these Filipinos. And now he's like, I'm a millennial lenio dude. So it's pretty fun. And it's great to see the growth that we both have from our culture.
0: And with that going along, um, to you, Christine, um, when it comes to our own culture, our own Filipino identity, what is the one thing that you wish that you learned in the... Be- you learned kind of, like, in the beginning, like, I wish I knew this. Like, you didn't, like, um, learn it late. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> um,
1: what I wish I learned was how much we fought for 300 years. And I... Like, I knew that we fought so much, but I didn't know how much... How much we thought, if that makes sense, and I wish that I knew more about what happened during the Japanese colonization, and also to my own family, like what we went, what my parents went through, and my grandparents went through, because I didn't know how much, um, how privileged I, I hate the word, I hate using this word, like I, hate, I. I just realized how privileged I am to be here because of how much how um, the Philippines is a third world country, and that my parents grew up in poverty, and I they never really told me what um, they never really told me their struggles growing up. They just told me that they grew up poor and that they're working here to give me a good life, and I'm so appreciative of it but i wish that i knew that like filipinos i wish that i knew that how strong of a culture besides having a strong of a culture i wish i knew how strong our people were because i always wondered why i was so always so strong-willed and everyone around me who was filipino was so strong-willed and so strong-minded and it's because we came from such a strong culture and a strong background that no one talks about because no one wants to talk about their struggles because they just want to forget about it rather than pass it on.
0: I think just to, like, bounce off of you and even, like, just to emphasize what you just said, like, I think it's just so important to really ask questions within our um, grandparents and even parents and even, like, look beyond, like, what happened, because... It's knowing our history that really, like, helps us not make the same mistakes now. And even, like, what you said, like, um, in the near future, when we have our future kids, when you have your future kids, like, what would you want them to know? That's the biggest. Uh, reiterate the question is, like, with asking the questions to our grandparents and to those older than us, um, it really helps when we kind of raise our own children like how do we want that how do we want to raise them like do we want to raise them to know of their history and to be able to know that this is where we came from this is where we're at and yeah
1: yeah okay um yes for sure um i do want them to know about being filipino because i didn't care I wish I wish I cared more when I was younger especially because again like this is a culture that I grew up with 100% majority mainly fully and I wish that I was more proud about it and I really hope to God that they are going to be proud of it take pride in it and never let I know that there are some eth- ethnocent and scapegoating around our culture here in Hawaii, especially because Hawaii is so diverse and mixed that there's stereotypes for everything. And I hope that they don't shun upon the stereotypes like I did and a lot of my friends did. I hope that they just overlook it because um, it's something that we have to just overlook and instead of the negative, embrace the positive. But the only thing that I hope that they don't inherit is... I hope that they're on time. I hope they have the good tendency to want to be early because we have such a hard time to be early to stuff, except for the airport.
0: (laughs) And with that said, that was pretty well said. And moving on to the advice section, what advice would you give to the next generation?
1: um i just want to say to like embrace the culture you grew up with because it is as it is a, it is a strong culture and because it's is a strong culture you will encounter strong people in the same ethnicity or culture as you um but at the end of the day you guys both share a strong culture and instead of breaking each other down with chismosa and gossip. It's more to uplift each other up and to not just care about being, not care about your skin color or, or how you look. It's more of how you treat each other, especially because I feel like a lot of Filipinos tear each other down rather than build each other up. And I think that's a really big problem we have in our community.
0: And I guess I guess to go off tangent a little bit, but have you ever realized that um, those titas and titas that are chismosas, um, they use it as a way to relieve stress. like they need to get out the word in order for them to kind of like
1: continue um, on yeah yeah, I think it's just the way sometimes they say it because I think that it's very hurtful to our generation because we are a little bit so- we're super soft um, and they grew up very thick-skinned and I think that I think that they they should just kind of not sugarcoat it but say it in a way that isn't offensive because you have to kind of, um we consider that their generation is not our generation vice versa so yeah
0: and with with, with that further on said and i'm gonna change this up a little bit but if you could write your future self something what would you tell your future self especially about your own cultural identity
1: um, is to always embrace it and never run away from it because it's something that has been a part of you from generation to generation and generations before that and generations before you. And because it came from way before you, it's always going to be a part of you no matter how much you run away from it and stuff like that. <clears throat> And it's always going to be a challenge, but it's what makes you grow
0: And your advice to the next generation the next generation
1: <laughs> to the next generation I think that would be my nephew's generation is to embrace your roots and listen to your grandparents and the stories that they had i wish I wish that I listened, and I'm glad that my dad's siblings when they um when I used to be really close with them as a kid, they would tell me. Their upbringings as Filipinos, and
0: I guess to kind of bounce off of that is that yes, especially like being able to really take in the knowledge that again parents tell us, like kind of like take the have the same initiative to continue to keep asking them questions, but taking their question taking their answers and bounce off and like really get to know more of that. Yeah,
1: I think. A big mistake that I made was I didn't make time enough with my grandpa during his time here and I didn't I wish that I asked more questions, even though I was seven years old. Like, what did I know what I'm I didn't know that he was gonna like go away soon or like pass away so soon because of lung cancer and what I most likely mostly regret is not asking him about my mom's childhood or stuff like that, because seeing Like, the dolls my mom would make is, like, kind of heartbreaking because of where they came from and how much work they came here. As I know a lot of Asian Americans, i.e. Filipino Americans or any other Asian Americans, they have the same stories of poverty upbringings and the struggles that they bring their child here for their future. That, um, yeah, it's just how um, our culture and how my dad, like, a lot of Filipino jokes and stories and how, like, my dad would— climb into the mango tree and skip school and like that's something you don't hear every single day in america and i think that um i would hope my nephew listens to his stories when he's older
0: because i really wish that i listened to a lot of those stories what do you think um you can do now as you're in that age that were you realizing everything what i can do now 10 years from now, where do you see yourself? 10 years from now, do you see yourself working within your community? When I say community, like Filipino community?
1: Um, If you look on the public health page on UH Manoa, that you'll see a lot of research in Filipino communities because primarily one of the two big Three biggest, um, three biggest identity, um, three biggest he- Filipino um, health, if you look in the Filipino UH Manoa, I mean the UH Manoa public health research on their page, you'll see that they have research in Filipino communities and three of the biggest health concerns in Filipino communities is high blood pressure, <laughs> diabetes, and heart disease. Okay. Um, my favorite Filipino dish is lumpia, Shanghai, because especially because I like it. It's so small. It's so it's comfort food. It's easy to eat. And my favorite and Kare Kare, and um, my favorite Filipino quote. Oh, is that even in Filipino? Because and if it was, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it that well. But it's by Manny Pacquiao, and he's Filipino, so I guess it is a Filipino quote. And its life is meant to be a challenge because challenges is what makes you grow, and quotation from Manny Pacquiao.
0: you guys for listening to season three, episode six. On the episode of for Christine, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course Anchor. If you want to leave us a voice message on Anchor, you may do so, and we'll listen listen to it. And we may feature you on our season finale. And leave us a review on. Apple Podcasts—it really helps with analyzing. It really helps us know where our audience are coming from. And last but not least, subscribe to us on our YouTube page. We have content every other Thursday with our mental health mukbangs. And also, if you want to binge-watch our mental health mukbangs, you may feel to do so. And follow us on Instagram at reclaiming filipina identity. We will leave this all in the show notes so you can follow us after and yeah so for our instagram we have monday's discussion tuesday blog post wednesday podcast thursday mental video and friday fun fact filipino <laughs> so yeah thank you guys for listening and keep the kids for the next podcast episode bye